Praise the Lord. You are listening to Scripture Unleashed. Hi. Welcome to Scripture Unleashed. I'm Seth. Today, I'm here with some good friends, Joe Hostetler. Praise the Lord. Jacob Gilbert. Hey. And Brother Anthony Lamb. Praise the Lord. And it is good to be with you. Today, we are live from the North Dakota United Pentecostal Church campgrounds at Buffalo Lake. We are at 2020 camp meeting, and we are excited about what God is doing, powerful moves of the Holy Ghost so far. We're just on day three here of camps already day three wow yeah but anyways we're going to get into the to the episode today just remember listener that you do have a pastor and uh and if he's an apostolic pastor god put him there in your life uh to be your pastor but if you hear something different today uh, that your pastor teaches goes against your pastor's convictions or follow your pastor but again at the same time if you hear something said today and it's the word of god we obey God rather than men, and so we need to always obey the Word. But let's get into it today. In this first portion of Scripture Unleashed today, we are going to go to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, and I'm going to have one of you guys read that. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. That's right. That is so good. And that's Hebrews... Um, is a is a and we talked about it last week but is a, an astounding book to explain the Old Testament uh, to Jesus Christ fulfilling the Old Testament law mm-hmm. and, the, and the sacrifices and he's our high priest he's our advocate it's just it's an astounding book and so this scripture that says you know without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sins it takes the blood of Jesus to forgive sins yeah, to, right. to wash away sins and yeah. I think the quickest parallel you can make in scripture with uh, Hebrews 9.22 is Acts 2.38 right. yeah. you know sure. Peter says repent uh, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ why? for, for the, the remission, remission of sins and so here it's, it's you know it says and almost all things are by the law purged with blood okay so in the law we know why does it say in almost all things? Well, in the law, there was poor people. God made, uh, in the Old Testament, there were poor people. God made a room for even the poor people who couldn't afford an animal sacrifice. True. They would offer a, like a flour, uh, an oil mixture, mm-hmm. some kind of cake type thing yeah. to God for a sacrifice. And that would cover sins. But in almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, it's no remission. And so... Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how rich, how poor, uh, how little, or how much you have. Jesus Christ's perfect sacrifice, that blood covers all sin. Yeah. yeah. It is for the remission of all sin. Yeah. You mean the blood of, that was shed at Calvary was enough? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. It really makes me think of even right away when Adam and Eve mm-hmm. first sinned. Yep. You know, they tried to cover themselves up with fig leaves and stuff like that, but God came and robed them in animal skins, meaning he had to shed blood to cover their nakedness, to cover their sin. Mm-hmm. Their shame. Their yeah. shame, mm-hmm. exactly. It's all the way from the beginning, all the way to the end. Blood is required Absolutely. as the cost of sin. Yes. It is the payment of sin is blood. Right. Right. Good. right. In fact, if you read just before this, uh, just leading up to this, if you look at uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, 
really the whole chapter of, of yes. the nine. Yeah. Yeah. But it says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, talking about Jesus uh, being a high priest of good things to come. You know, what's interesting about the book of Hebrews, if you read from Hebrews chapter 7 all the way up to 9 here, it's talking about the Old Testament priest. Yeah. It's talking about the Old Testament sacrifices. Yes. It calls Jesus both the sacrifice and the high priest. He's yeah. a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Yeah. And, you know, he ever liveth to make intercession for us, that sacrifice that Jesus yeah. that Jesus made. And then you get to chapter 8. It says, Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. You go over to chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ, being a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Jesus Christ, he was a tabernacle. He was the tabernacle of God. Uh, his body was. Yeah, right. That's why Jesus said, uh, mm -hmm. no man cometh to the Father but by me. Yeah. He was literally the yeah. mediator between God and man. I believe it's First Timothy. This, tear down this temple in three days. I'll yeah, three days, yeah. I'll yeah, raise like it up. Hebrews 10, 20. Just a little bit later on, it says, well, let's read 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness entered the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by right. a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The veil yeah. in, the, in the Old Testament temple hid the very presence of God. Right, yes. the, exactly. The, the flesh is so the, the veil. So the breaking of that, of that veil, that would be Christ's flesh. Yes. Allowed... Spirit the of God's spirit everywhere. to come out exactly, and that's also at the same moment when the when the veil in the temple was rent right. in two from top to bottom. And then two on that's top powerful. of that, Jesus Christ, His flesh is the veil, the yeah. covering of yeah. the very God of the universe. Yeah. Right, so. that's good. That's why that's why Jesus would say things like, "It is not me that doeth the works; it's the Father, Father that's that in me. Yeah. dwelleth yeah, sure. yes. that's yep. in me." If you have seen me, you He's have seen, seen the, the Father. Father. Yep. Uh, so when we talk about things like Jesus is the image of the invisible God, yep. it's because God was literally in him. In him. Yes. Yes. Like Jesus was literally God with us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's no his, kidding. Yeah, yeah, God with us. That's who Jesus yeah, that is. That sounds like scripture to me. Right. Yeah. So, but what's interesting about this, this is why the, I, you know, I, I can't, I don't think we could spend too much time on this topic because mm. he is literally the God of the universe with us. Yeah. He yeah. is the high priest and he's a sacrifice. You're right. Yes. And when that blood was shed, that's that, you know, the Bible talks about in Acts. Um, somebody help me with the reference, but God purchased the church with his own blood. Yeah, it's it's in Acts. It's at the end of Acts. Yes, I think it's. Uh, he's made you overseers of the church, who which he purchased with his own blood. It's like in Acts is chapter. It, is it 20. Paul talking to the Ephesians? Yeah, it's his testimony. Ephesians. Yeah, yeah I think it's like Acts 20. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is like, that was sacred blood yeah you know it was, it was like we could say god's blood mm -hmm. you know right and so that's the, the verse that i was going to read earlier but christ being i already read that he entered uh come as a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. Yes. So in the Old Testament, once a year, the mm -hmm. book of Hebrews says once a year, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies mm -hmm. and he would offer blood, uh, the blood of bulls and goats and, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean 
uh, sanctifieth through the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of yes. Christ, who through the yeah. eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Yes. Jesus Christ died once mm -hmm. for yes. sin. He made a yes. perfect, he was the perfect yeah. sacrifice. So he had to die. Yep, who yeah. through, through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Yes. He was a perfect sacrifice. He didn't, you know, he, Jesus didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and right. yet he became yeah. the sacrifice for the whole for the sins yeah. of the whole yeah. world. He was made sin, right? Who knew no sin, yeah. Yeah. right? And and, uh, and then it takes that that blood of Christ is the the thing when you apply it to your life that covers your sin. Yeah. That once and for all you apply it once. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know more. You don't sacrifice Jesus again and again and again yeah. like like some very large denomination in the world does. They they claim to. You know, you have the, the body and blood of Christ and the, the Eucharist, and you crucify, literally, am I right, Anthony? Yeah. You crucify Jesus afresh. That's not viewed as a good thing in the Scripture. No. And also, <laughs> what, no, what, what no. you're talking about is communion, right? The Eucharist? Well, yeah. However the... Yeah. But the, Jesus said do it in remembrance. Yes. Yeah. 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 It really transitions right into this chapter yeah. 10 here. Verses 1 through 4 says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, no. can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. So what the writer of Hebrews is pointing out here, he's saying that if the blood of goats and, and of bulls was enough, I as a Jewish person, if I were a Jew, could come, offer offer my one sacrifice, and be done. You were just mentioning how Christ was the one sacrifice for all. You right. don't have to make, keep sacrificing him. The law, it was a, our schoolmaster, as it were, pointing us to Christ, that there yes. is a sacrifice Galatians. that was needed. Yeah. Right. But they couldn't have that sacrifice quite yet. And so they had to go year after year yes. and go do a new atoning sacrifice, go in, sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat, ask God's mercy for the year to come, and rolled ahead those sins. And finally, when Christ was crucified, those sins were washed away. They right. were taken. They right. were taken away. That perfect they were remitted, right. removed right. Right. from them. And then not only for everything past, but, in, but everything future from yeah. um, yeah. from Christ, you know, his uh, his sacrifice is perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It is and final. yeah, and so we you know, we talked about Seth talked a little Complete. bit about baptism and applying that blood or how the Jesus was was a perfect man. I don't know if you said it or uh, but but the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, I believe it is, as many as are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the scripture talks about but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you have put on Christ, you have literally put on a man that has never sinned. You have put on a man that even though he was tempted in every area of his life, he never sinned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you are, and God, God can look at you as a perfect person. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Hebrews exactly. chapter 10, verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected, perfected. forever mm. them that are sanctified. Ooh. By how one offering. How are we yes. sanctified? <laughs> Yeah. By the Holy Ghost. Yes. Where Romans the Holy 15, Ghost. 16. Yeah, whereof also, wow, that, look at this, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. 
for after that. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I love verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And verse 18 and we could just read you, through you Hebrews. You just go through the whole now, book. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Where there's a removal. Doesn't need to be. You there doesn't need, need to be another offering. Yeah. It's right. Gone. Christ is the perfect sacrifice. It's gone. Right, exactly. Offering. And you could talk about that in the Eucharist. This is, you know, the Catholics get, and we don't have to put this in there, we don't want, but the Catholics get accused of the works salvation, and they are because they literally don't accept the one sacrifice Mm -hmm. that Jesus made as being enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's continual tradition. They want to sprinkle more of mankind what our own abilities. They, they want to put salvation in our own hands. Right, exactly. Which you cannot do. Yeah. Just look at Adam and Eve. From You had mentioned it earlier. Adam and Eve tried to put salvation in their own hands, and they tried to hide their sin from God by putting on their own covering. And God said, no, 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 no. Not your covering. Yeah. Your covering will never do. Mankind's covering will never do. Humanity's frail attempts at hiding their sin or trying to perfect the law in of, the, of their own ability will never be good enough. But yeah. it's going to take a supernatural yeah. force that God said, look, you can't do it. You can't fulfill the law. Mm -hmm. you, you're not going to be able to do it, but I will do it for you. Yeah. And yeah. that's why there is that new covenant. And the old covenant was cast off. Yeah, yeah it was. That's what Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, in verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Second what? Covenant. Yep. Testament. Yep. Yes. yes, of course. Yeah, Jesus is the fulfillment of the yep. Old Testament. It's done. Right. Yep. He's the perfect. He is the ultimate perfect sacrifice. Yeah. You know, and it's the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. You know, it's, it's everything we need is wrapped up in Jesus mentioning that verse there you know you have a jew that'll get mad if you call what we call the old testament the old testament yes but in old testament prophecy it says that i will make this a new covenant. covenant i will make with the, yeah. the house a of israel new covenant like, and like he specifically says new so that means that makes the old one old the new testament didn't start till jesus died yeah because it, at the death of the right exactly so and and and, and and i was having a conversation one time with somebody I can't remember what he asked me. I was like, well, that's in the Old Testament. And he goes, I don't make a distinction like that between the Old and the New Testament. And so <laughs> that's why I said that. But, but there, there is an Old and a New Testament. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Luke chapter 17, verse 17, I believe, the law and the prophets mm -hmm. were yeah. until John the Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. And from that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. So the, the, there was a changing. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a question there, so I'm still a little trying to work it out in my mind. Um, I get the death of the testator. There's no New Testament to the death of the testator. Yet, Jeremiah does say, I believe it's Jeremiah 31, 31, the new covenant will I make with you. I will put my law in your inward parts. Yes. So when did the New Testament start? Was it when they received the Holy Ghost? So I feel like the New Testament may have went into, it was sealed, like, like your last will and testament, right? Goes into effect once you die. But it may not be enacted until a lawyer is presented to officiate the disbursement of that items. Right. So I believe be that, that the New Testament church started on the day of Pentecost. 
Right, but yeah. the the covenant. When did the covenant start? Was it when the when Jesus died? Was it when he died? The burial or, resurrection? Or was it when they were able to receive the spirit? Because that's what Jeremiah said. A new covenant. Yeah, I, I think spirit on I think you're on something there, Seth. I think that, I mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, some, that's something we probably need to dig in I've, deeper. I've studied a little bit, but I still don't know. Like, Not that it matters one way or the other, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people say, "Well, there's a gap. What do we do with that gap? Where do those people go?" died in between Jesus. Well, like, you know, that's, that kind of falls into the line of what happened to the thief on the cross. Like, what, what well, allowed him? Yeah, but, like, what allowed so him to go into heaven? Because, like, you know, the blood wasn't shed. Yet. Well, no, that's easy because it wasn't. Dead. You know, the sacrifice hadn't happened yet, and yet, so he, but he wasn't fulfilling Old Testament law either, so what? No, I would argue that uh, Jesus was everything that man needed. He was his high priest. He was his sacrifice. He was the God. mediator, <laughs> and plus, on top of that, he said, "You're going to be with me in paradise," and he was God. So yeah, he gets the final word. <laughs> but like, it doesn't really matter what people say. Yeah. People try to use that that against apostolic. See, he wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Jesus said it. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's move on. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is the Hall of Faith, and uh, let's start now. Faith is the now that now. Now. Right now. It doesn't mean right now faith. Right now. Like this moment faith. It just means now faith. Like right like now. It's a a different thought. If you notice it almost all the chapters of Hebrews, there's always like a transition. A a very big transition word. Like if you look in uh, look at nine, then and then it says the word the first word is the then, chapter ten, four, uh, chapter eleven, now. It's like you, you get the point. Yeah. Okay, now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by what? Faith. The elders obtained a good report. So what does that mean? You know, we hear people say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. We don't really use those words a lot. Like, uh, substance. I mean, I guess we do. Evidence. I, don't, I guess I don't use those a lot in my vocabulary. How about you guys? Yeah, I do. All the time, okay. Substance and evidence. I guess if I'm so, talking you know, about something that needs those words, yeah, I use. So, them. so what would be like a modern translation? Can we say translation? I always like. So I took it like this. So I, I tried to do, you know, if I don't understand a bigger word or if I don't understand a phrase, I try to substitute words with like syn- uh, synonymous words. Sure. So, for instance, if this is now faith is the substance, so we could say like now faith is the thing. Right. The thing of things hoped for. It's it's the thing you can grasp. Right. It's something you grasp. Now, faith is the thing you can grasp of things hoped for. Yeah. And it's the evidence. Well, we know what the word evidence means. That means it's it's something that's clearly seen. Right. That yeah. Points to, yeah, it's evident. Well, you know, sorry. It's, yeah, it's evidence. It points to, uh, you know, somebody being guilty. So, the evidence of things not seen. So, basically, faith is that thing you grasp yeah. that shows that yeah, there is something that that is not even seen. So we, yeah. so basically you can do things. Absolutely. Like the wind. In, yes. Like the wind last like, night, for instance. Okay. You can't see the wind. Yes. But you can see the branches fall. Yeah, you can see the trees push back. You can see tents plop over. What is that? That's evidence of something you can't see. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even though we can't see, you know, uh, God... Filling someone in the Holy Ghost with 
just his spirit because you can't see a spirit right you do see an evidence of that through for example speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance right, right. and we're supposed to possess faith so if you look at hebrews 11 so we do things even though we can't see god and we literally can't see the promise of god mm -hmm. in the sense that i cannot physically see heaven yeah i can't physically see uh, his spirit i can't see i've never seen jesus I desire to, I guess. But I will. Yes, I will. And, uh, but at the same time, so we possess faith. We act on that belief, even though we can't yes. see it. Yeah. Right. And so that's the evidence. Our faith is the evidence of things not seen. The yeah. substance, uh, excuse me, the substance of things hoped for, and it's evidence of things we haven't even seen. Um, and so faith. This is how the elders were. You know, it worked is, for them. They obtained yeah. a good report. Yeah. If faith worked for the elders, it should work for us. So, well, we, so what is faith? Yeah, let, yeah, that's what I was so, so, so what is faith? So this faith, I just looked it up on on here, is uh, the Greek word pistis, which is belief. So we were talking earlier how there's multiple different types of faith. We were talking, you know, the just shall live by faith. That word faith is talking about steadfastness. Right. This word faith here in this chapter is all about belief. And so by their, by their trust in God, by their faith, by their... Uh, belief in what God had promised and them acting upon it, of course. You know, right. Faith without works is dead. Acting upon that faith that they had, which is that evidence for that faith, Yeah. they received all these things that you see here. You know, It talks about Abel and it talks about Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Moses and on and on and on. And then it doesn't even, it says that we can't even tell you how tell many you. people. Yeah. It talks about people right. sawn in half, which was Isaiah. It mentions Gideon. It mentions Samson. Every time there weird. was a belief, there yeah. was an action that backed up. Right. Exactly. So, right. so when you take that Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and people point you to that in the denominal world and say, we're saved by grace through faith. And like, see, all we have to do is believe. No. I'm like, have you guys read Hebrews 11? Yeah. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Because, because their faith was an action. action. Right. Yes. So, so, in other words, Noah could have said, I have faith. I mean, I believe what God told me yeah. that there's going to be a flood. But he obeyed God and yeah. he built an ark. Yeah. Had, yeah. Had he not built the ark, we wouldn't his, be here today. His quote unquote faith yeah. would have done him no good. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And uh, I think the best example, and I've said it before on this podcast, but Jake Hosteller was here this week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Visiting from Pennsylvania. He made the analogy once, and I don't know if it's original to him, but, you know, in, and we've talked about it before again, but uh, in, in the Exodus, in the, the Passover, they had to apply the blood, they had to, they had to kill the lamb. Take the blood, pour it in a bowl, and then dip it, and then you know, the uh, they had to an, literally, literally, yeah, literally uh, anoint yeah. the doorpost and the top of the door, yeah, and uh, and then that angel would pass over, and so they could have been like, look, the lamb is slain, Jesus has died for everyone, yes, he has, mm -hmm. but you have to take the blood of Christ and apply it to your life practically, yeah, through baptism, yeah, which that specifically made me think in the name of Jesus, yeah, go ahead. Well, that made me think, you know, we're going to interview Brother Romine, and he's here preaching. And he had mentioned, he had mentioned that, uh, you know, God will do what you cannot do when you do what you can do. Yes. Part of that is that faith. When God tells us we need to do something, we do it. Yes. And God does what we can. Baptism is something that, yes, we, we do. We do that. And then he remits our sins. Yes, we can't right. remit our sins. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. what. Yeah, you know, people are like, well, you're you're works based. Like, dude, <laughs> I don't remit my sins. Yeah, me getting wet's not remitting my sins. He but does me the responding to God. Right. 
telling me to ba- be baptized Your faith. is what remits the sauce. Right, exactly. You know, how, how, how do we please God? With faith. With, with faith. faith. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? It's not yeah. just belief. It's a belief with an action. Yes. Right. It's obedience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. God's word. That's what exactly right. Perfect. Obedience. Yeah. That's couple, exactly right. A couple weeks ago at our church, we had a, he was a first-time visitor, and the preacher preached about basically the opportunity to receive the Holy Ghost at the end of the service. Well, this man came forward, and he was praying, and I went up to him, I started talking to him, and I asked him, you know, do you, do you understand what he was talking about, about the Holy Ghost? And, and he goes, yeah, that's what I'm praying for. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. So, you know, we pray, I prayed for him, prayed with him for, to get the Holy Ghost. Well, he never did. He didn't get the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, I asked him, did you repent, you know, and all those things. Because I believe in all that. I mean, you need yes, to repent. Yes. Yeah. And then afterwards, I talked to him, and he said, he goes, man, I really want the Holy Ghost. And I said, well, don't be discouraged. You know, I said, you know, it's, it's for everyone. And, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, he said, what I really think I need to do is go into prayer and fasting and, you know, all these things. And I asked him, well, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? And he's like, oh, I was baptized as a kid. And, and I, you know, I just told him the Bible um, in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul was concerned about, well, how were you baptized then? Yeah. And I told him that, and I said, this is what I would do. This is what God told you to yes. do. Like, yes. I can't give you the Holy Ghost, and, uh, you know, you can't just grab the Holy Ghost. It's not like that. It's something that God has to give you. Yeah. I said, but I do know that the Scripture says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the you gift shall. of the Holy yeah. Ghost. So, if you haven't obeyed baptism yet, and you just and you just have faith that you're going to get the Holy Ghost, uh, you need to obey baptism n- now. Yes. yes. Don't wait till you have yes. the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Because yeah. we see in Scripture where people did get the Holy Ghost and were baptized later. But if you know that you need to get baptized, or and you haven't, you uh, if you don't know it, I'll tell you: if you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you have to. I was, I was saying those people that were bat- that were filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized by the Holy Ghost, were then immediately immediately after commanded to be baptized mm-hmm. in water, right? In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. So it's it, that's another thing that it, we're kind of getting a little off topic, at least my, in my mind, um, I am. But uh, baptism, you know, we talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost, but it's the baptism right. of the Holy Ghost, meaning. To be submerged, plunged right. Completely in immersed. the Holy Ghost, right? Which comes by faith. Yeah, it's all by faith, yeah. right? And it's all through God's grace. But like, so faith is 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 the essence, the the everything mm-hmm. for the Christian walk. Like, yeah. like, uh, so you repent in faith, right? You are baptized in the name of Jesus in faith that He's yeah. going to remit your sins, right? Yeah, and you ask for the Holy Ghost. You have to ask for it, but you have to you ask for the Holy Ghost in faith. You know, right? You know, you don't know if you have to always ask for it in the sense that if you've repented, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you can be filled. You can come up yeah. out of the water speaking mm-hmm. in tongues without saying, "Lord, please fill me with the Holy Ghost." That's right. obviously your desire. Yeah, right. You know, but in the sense that, you know, Jesus said, you, you know, "Your heavenly Father, how much more would He give the Holy Ghost to those that ask Him?" Yeah, and He's going to fill you with His Spirit, but it's all in faith. Right, and it takes faith to say, "Lord, I need Your Spirit." Exactly, yeah. and so it's it's powerful. Like for instance, I have a practical example there was a young man that i was speaking to and i was talking to him about the holy ghost yeah and i said you can receive the holy ghost and we you know we had this conversation and i talked to him about acts chapter 2 1 through 4 acts chapter 2 um verse 38 peter said if you repent baptize you can receive you know we went through all the examples 
And uh, so, you know, a few weeks later, he comes back to me. He's like, I took your advice. And I'm just right out of the blue. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know how you were telling me about the Holy Ghost. Like, hey, it's for everybody. Everybody, when you can receive the Holy Ghost, so speak in tongues. And he's like, so I was, I was driving down the road the other day. And I began to pray. And he said, I lifted my hands. I'm guessing he was steering with his knees. But he said, I lifted I've, my hands. I've lifted my hands in my car before, and God took the wheel, like, literally, like, it yeah. steered itself. That's amazing. But he said, I lifted my hands. We don't recommend that. Yeah, yeah. we don't recommend that. <laughs> and I begin to pray, and he said, I begin to speak in tongues. And I was like, exactly. That's yeah. faith. Like, yeah, look, this yeah. is what the Word says. Mm-hmm. He obeyed the Word. Yeah. He begin to ask for it. God filled him as he was driving yeah. down the road. And uh, it's like, look, faith works. Yeah. And faith is faith that works. Yeah. You know, amen. Yeah. Amen. You know what? We're going to go to a break right now. And uh, that was uh, Hebrews uh, there. Love the book of Hebrews. Listener, dive into the book of Hebrews. Yes. Yes. We barely scratched the surface. Oh, but then after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to be going through the book of Ezra. And uh, stay tuned. We'll see you after the break. All right. Welcome back, listener. In this portion, we're going to get into Ezra. And this week, you will be reading through Hebrews. Again, I don't even know if I mentioned that at the start, but Hebrews. Um, 8 through the end of that chapter, all of Ezra, and then into Nehemiah, a couple Psalms you'll be reading this week. But in Ezra, before we get diving into it, before we get going to Ezra chapter 3, Jacob, would you give us just a quick a quick overview of Ezra, the time frame, kind of what's going on, and that type thing? Sure. Uh, yeah, Ezra, he's actually a rabbinical scholar. Uh, he's one of the Levites, and he is writing this. He's actually believed to also have written Nehemiah. Right. The book of Nehemiah. Um, At one point, the two books were joined together. Right, they were. And as he goes through, this is actually after the Babylonian captivity. Uh, They are being sent back into Jerusalem, King Cyrus. Whether I I believe personally, this is just, you know, Gilbert theology, as I was saying earlier. King Cyrus arrives in Jerusalem on campaign to conquer more lands. And he sees the destruction of the temple that Nebuchadnezzar and his followers had left. And he is stirred by God to rebuild the temple. And so he commands all of the Jewish people to go back and rebuild the temple. And this is what we're seeing here in Ezra. Mm. They are sent back to rebuild the temple. They are then, as you go into Nehemiah, and we'll read definitely more into that next week, Nehemiah then goes into more detail about them building the mm. walls and finally finishing it. There's quite a bit in here that you have to also read the, bo- the uh, books of the prophecies of Haggai and Zechariah at this time and several other of what we would call the minor prophets are also during this time. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot of detail here. Actually, at, uh, the book of Esther also happens in around this time. It all just kind of interlocks here. The Darius that they send the second letter to, which we'll talk here in a little bit, is Artaxerxes that Esther is married to in the book of Esther. It's the same king. Hmm. And so... Yeah, like I say, there's so much going on here in this last section. Ezra, I mean, is a very detailed book. Right. You know, he's a, like I said, he's a scholar. He actually is going there for the express purpose of teaching them how to live for God. Yes. How yeah. to how to perform the sacrifices, how to do all this. He is that his that is his specific purpose for going there. Right. Revivalist. Yeah. And if you when you go into and we'll get into it, I believe Nehemiah next week. Kind of some sad stuff. Yeah. Really, that that's quite detailed and very sad. But Ezra chapter 3, just getting into it, kind of, I'm sure it's been pre- Everybody's heard that sermon, Ezra 3, 12. And let's have Anthony, would you read Ezra 3 
in verse, uh, let's do 11 and 12. And they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout, and they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yes. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted out loud for joy. Right. And this this is, uh, you know, this yay. You know, we're getting our, yeah. our new temple. Yeah. This is exciting. Like, the Jews are coming back. They're being allowed back. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, we're all ecstatic, right? This young generation is like, yeah, we got the temple. You know, this is the place yeah. where we worship the Lord, Jehovah, you know. Yeah. But the old men... They had seen yeah. mm -hmm. the glory of, uh, of Solomon's temple yeah. and how beautiful and astounding. Even, yeah. even, even if they were a little bit older, they would have seen where you know, the gold was taken down off of the doors yeah. or whatever, that type of thing. Yeah. But it was still an astounding structure yes. of, mm -hmm. of beauty and splendor and uh, just amazingly put together. But the thing is, is this so practical? Because, you know, we hear, unfortunately, amongst younger apostolics, people are always... These young men have a great move of God, and they're like, yeah, yeah, God moved. You know, we mm -hmm. had we had a couple people walk in and get the Holy Ghost, and, and uh, you know, that's that's cool. And, and But we have we hear these stories, and we've all heard these stories of our elders that are like, look, you know, we had people walk by the building, and, and they yeah. received the Holy Ghost outside. Nobody prayed with them. Yeah. You know, or we went on like a seven-day fast, and, and we had breakthrough like we've never seen. You know, our mm -hmm. church went from 100 people to 500 people in a year after that, you know. Yeah. And, and the revivals of our elders. Yeah. And, uh, and Jacob, as we were talking before the podcast, you were like, look, I want to see what our elders saw, but I want to see greater than that. Yes. And these yeah. young men here, they never seen Solomon's temple. Yeah, because you got to understand, this is 70 years after the, the temple was destroyed. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. This was 70 years yes. after the captivity. So these old men that we see here would have been in their probably 80s or 90s yeah. to have a memory of that former temple. Right. Yeah. And all of these young people were in Babylon the entire time, mm -hmm. had never seen it before. Right, and they thought, man, how, how wonderful is this? We're yeah. going back to our heritage. But the old men really yeah. knew what the heritage was yes. like. Right, and and I, you know, I want to hear, you know, if you, the listener out there, you guys need to read the books on Azusa, mm -hmm. the Azusa Street revivals. Yeah, you you need to read the books of, uh, you know, there's a great book I recommend, but it's called Pentecost Before Azusa, mm -hmm. and the revivals they had mm -hmm. in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, where people received the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. and, and it was powerful. Yeah powerful moves of God and, and, and I'm talking about in persecution like the world has never you know that we have no clue of you know yeah. you know you, you you got killed for <laughs> yeah for believing in Pentecost yeah and for living that way yeah you know the Anabaptist Joe that's your heritage you know these guys had that apostolic revival yep, back in those days but right yeah you know one thing to, to point out here too is that the, this temple isn't fully built at this point when they're weeping it's the foundation that was laid. Right, yeah, that's it. That's it. The young men are just shouting for the foundation. Yeah, they said, mm -hmm. we finished the floor, thank God. You <laughs> yeah, know, I mean, right. that's, yeah. that's that's it. That's all that they're, that's all that they're shouting about. And, and as we go, you know, Joe, I know you got this next section about 
the adversaries that come up against them. They've laid the foundation. They have the. They already have the altar built before this, so they're able to sacrifice according to the law. They're able to at least have their daily sacrifices. But at this point, they don't have the actual temple built. Yes. Right. And now these adversaries come yeah. against them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about those adversaries for a little bit. Uh, just going right into chapter four of Ezra. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came unto Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhad, king of Asher, which brought us up thither. They said, Look, we're, we're on the same page here. We seek the same God you do. And I did a little bit of, just in my, I have a Premier Study Bible, just a plug for that, for the Premier <laughs> Study Bible. Sounds these wise. people, these adversaries were actually, I did a little bit of just, I just read some commentary on them in the Premier Study Bible, but these were people that, they were Assyrians that had intermarried into the, into the, with the Hebrews, and, and they had brought in their, uh, they had kind of polluted some people with mixing truth, like worship to Jehovah, in with worship to Asher uh, and all that. Yeah, gods. like pe paganism. Yeah. And so they had kind of mixed, you know, this not Christianity because it wasn't Christianity at this time, but mm -hmm. Christianity and paganism. And uh, they said, look, we're on the same page. We seek the same God that you do. And when I think of this, the first thing, I mean, my mind immediately goes to Trinitarianism because mm -hmm. that is literally what uh, Trinitarianism was yes, is mixing water, Christianity. Put the poison together yeah. in one beverage. Let's drink that. Let's right. See what yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like Trinitarianism was literally, was literally mixing Christianity with heathenism. And you cannot. You cannot do that. You cannot no. do no. that. No. Like right. Preacher preached about that this yeah. morning. You know, talked about the, the Philistines when they stole the Ark of the Covenant. Oh yeah, tried to put it. They were they put it in the house with their gods. Gods yeah. like that ain't happening. Right. No. Knocked Dagon right on his face. And yeah, and then he, he destroyed it. <laughs> right. And, you know, like that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. We well, see it on, later on in the Book of Ezra. I think it's Ezra that weeps because the children of Israel are intermarrying. And, yeah. Right. They were polluted. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so these and I I I don't think this is a stretch to say that we could say this is the same stuff we have going on in our world oh, yeah. today. Yes. Uh, we, you know, not at all. Like, not a stretch, yeah. No, it's not a stretch at all. It's perfect. Like, we're, 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 we're serving the same God. And you know what they said? They said, we're, we're serving the same God you do. Can we help you build the temple? <laughs> I believe firmly. I mean, I just, I just believe this firmly in not associating, endorsing doctrine that's false. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, this is... I, but I wouldn't go soul winning with a Trinitarian person. No. I wouldn't. No. I, I wouldn't go, you it's know. That. I wouldn't have somebody preach in our church or, right. or anything that's a Trinitarian. Like, no. like we're, oh, we're just, we're serving the same God. No. This, wh where you're getting, what you're getting at, where you're getting that from, it was paganism yeah. and Christianity mix. And you cannot do that. Yeah. It becomes paganism is yeah, what it becomes. It doesn't, right. because Christianity is pure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. There's one Lord. One faith. One one, there's not two lords. There's not yeah. three lords. There's not five. There's not six. Well, you have to have one. There, there is a it's very Jesus. prominent. I say prominent. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know that I want to call him a Christian theologian, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Basically, he had said that Christians, Jews, and Muslims all worship the same God. <laughs> is what he said. And 
no. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like when I heard that, I was like, no. Dude, that's such a spirit. There was a spirit of ecumenicalism, and I know we've talked yeah. about it before, but it is that one world government. Yeah. yeah. You know, because really there's no exactly way that right. everybody's, that one world religion, there's no way everybody's going to come together in the sense that we all serve Allah. That's never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Right. But in the same time, there is there is that thought, there is that mindset of, well, we're all okay. It's all the same thing. Like, God. we're all the same thing. That's we're, a one world religion. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, that is making me think okay. also that right now the Jews are waiting to rebuild their temple. Right. And more than likely what's going to happen is the Muslims are going to say, okay, yeah, you can rebuild your temple and we'll help you. And more than likely this is where, you know, because the Antichrist will be around during this time and stuff like that. Yeah. It, that's somewhere that that, bro- that deal is going to be brokered there. Right. Kind of yeah, it's, it is very interesting. But, you know, what I, what, I, what I find is interesting here as well is this is what they told them. Ye have nothing to do with us yes. uh, to build a house unto our God. You know, do not compromise. Don't compromise. If somebody is not following the one, because we can talk about Jews, Muslims, and Christianity, but within Christianity, within Christianity, there's yeah. so many different forms and versions. Oh, yeah. But like Seth quoted that scripture earlier in Galatians chapter 4, there is just one Ephesians. faith. Yeah. Right. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, Ephesians, Ephesians yeah. chapter 4, yeah. yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, there is just one yeah. faith. And it's it's the faith that Jesus Christ began to preach, and the it's, and, the, and was confirmed mm-hmm. unto us by the apostles. Yes. Hebrews yeah. chapter two. Yep. There is just one message of salvation. Yeah. Right. And all right, like, I'll I'll give a personal example before we move on, if I can, just mm-hmm. a minute here. We got just a couple minutes left. But you know, there, there was a I was in a ecumenical in our in our community. There's an ecumenical meeting of the the local pastors, and it was they were they were interviewing me because I was new to town. To see if it was okay if I wrote in their their little section in the paper, which I you know I wanted to, but at the same time you know they were they're asking me one guy was really had a problem with us being oneness, mm. and they were they're all Trinitarians who were there, and 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 so he was very much against oneness. Mm. And anyways, you know, and I'm like I appreciate that if people have a firm stance like hey let's talk about it the Bible's you know true let every man yeah. be you know let God be true every man a liar. So the Bible's true. I have nothing to fear because let's talk about the scriptures. Let's yeah. look at the scriptures. Let's go to the scriptures. Anyway, well, this one guy, you know, they were, so what do you believe? I was asked. And so I explained it. You know, there's one Lord, you know, Deuteronomy 6, 4, John 10, 30, you know, on, on down. You sure. know, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. You know, the Father's in me. It's not I that do the works that's following me. You know, there's just one God. The Holy Spirit is that one God. The Holy Spirit, you know, the Father, right. the Holy Spirit are the same. Right. Same mm-hmm. one God, you know, everything right down the line. And I got done. And I expected opposition. And one guy, he goes, well, it's just words. It's just words. We're all just trying to win people into the kingdom. Right. And right then, I was like, that's the spirit of ecumenicalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to, instead of excluding us as they used to, Mm -hmm. and they they push us away. They ostracize the oneness Pentecost. Now it's okay. They don't believe anything anyways. But now it's okay. And we're going to include you. Yeah. And by including you, it's just like we're going to destroy the faith. They're going to destroy the faith of people sure. by just being all inclusive. And people are going to begin to believe nothing. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's one thing that, if I remember correctly, I believe the Pope had said that Pentecostalism was okay. Oh, sure. Speaking in tongues and things like that, which they never believed before. Right. They always, they always thought it was a heresy. Right. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're accepting it. And right. It's like... Yeah, exactly. There was a time when everybody was lost unless you were, like, for I grew up Amish. I thought that you had to be Amish to go to heaven. 
And now it's they don't believe that anymore. Even the Amish people don't. Catholics don't believe that. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's bad. It's bad. I'd rather I'd rather somebody believe something. If your belief yeah. isn't worth yeah. that's believing, exactly then right. what is it? Like yeah. if you actually believe something, right. then we can actually go to the scripture and then, we can discuss yes. it. Yeah. But if it's like it doesn't matter, yes. then yeah. Satan has done a great job mm-hmm. in our day and age of making everything relative. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because it yeah. used to be like, look, I stand firm on the word of God. I love Southern Baptists because yeah. they still, for the most part, boy, you can have a good old knockdown, drag out fight. <laughs> At the end of the day, they claim to believe the Word of God, yeah. and so do mm-hmm. we. Right. And so I'm like, all right, if you believe it 100%, I believe it 100%, we're going to come up with something, you know, from the Word of God that's going to be true. It's be so let's same. talk right. about the Word of yeah. God. Yeah. Right. Anyways, let's move on, guys. Ezra chapter 4 and 5, Jacob, just if you could close us out here with that, if you want to talk about it. I know we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, so really between these two, and I found it interesting, I mentioned it with Joe the other day, that Ezra doesn't make any mention here of this gap period. And during this gap period, it's because they had stopped rebuilding the temple. They had just laid the foundation. They got stopped by... Well, these adversaries actually went to the king after they said, we serve the same God. Uh, The children of of Israel said, no, we don't. They went to the king, actually, and had a decree sign that they had to stop the building of the temple. Yep, and so they stopped. And, And when they stopped doing this, a drought then came to pass and you read it says here in verse or chapter 5 it says then the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo prophesied and this then chapter 5 starts it shows you the stirring up of the king and the the of Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua the son of Josadak who was the high priest and it stirred them up but you have to read Haggai to understand that this drought during this time, and God told him, he says, the reason for this drought, the reason why you're putting money, this is where that, that verse, where you know putting money into bags with holes in it, mm-hmm. that's where this verse is. When The reason why you're doing that is because you have stopped building my temple and instead started building your own houses. Mm-hmm. You rejected my house, he says, but you've built your own. And because of that, there's this drought that happens. As soon as they start doing this, you read this then in chapter 5, they begin to work on the house of God. And then these adversaries come again. This is some 15 years later. 15 years that they waited to build the house of God just to please their adversaries. Mm-hmm. Finally, once they start to build the house of God, they don't stop. They continue going. And because of that, God has them find favor in the eyes of Darius the king, who at this time, as I mentioned before, is Esther's husband. So Esther is during this time. This second decree that goes out, they, they send a letter. They say, you know, they, we asked them who they were, who told them they could build this. They said, we are the children of God. And, you know, we are building this because he commanded us to build this. And the Cyrus the king commanded us to build this. And so they sent a letter saying, well, they said that Cyrus the king said to build this. I'm paraphrasing, of yeah, course. Right. And so then Darius begins to look through the archives and he finds the decree and he adds mm-hmm. to the decree. And says, let all of the money that is needed to be done for this come out of the king's treasury. Yes, yeah. I will pay for this personally, (laughs) he says. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Because they didn't stop. Because they kept going even when the adversary came against them. Mm -hmm. God blessed them for it because of that. Ooh, that could preach. That can preach. That can preach. And listener, it has. (laughs) Let's, uh, anybody else here before we wrap up? Any other no final thoughts. All right. Well, guys, this has been a great podcast today. Listener, uh, did we not cover something that jumped out to you? I'm sure 
There's so much going on in the book of Hebrews and Ezra. You know, you guys, do you have any words of advice or encouragement? Please let us know. You can contact us through anchor.fm or our Facebook page that is Scripture Unleashed. Go like us, check it out, invite people to like us. And I think very soon we'll have a special guest. Uh, check it out. And uh, it should be Brother Andrew Romine who is preaching. He's a pastor in Illinois. You will and, like it. Yeah, yes, you will. And a uh, great man of God. He likes Bibles, Brother Amen. Jacob. So he's going to be a good guy to uh, to interview. But I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, this week's episode. We look forward to having you with us next week as we go through Nehemiah chapters 3 through 13, Esther chapter 1 through 7, Psalm 78 through 81. Until then, we hope you have a great week, and God bless. God bless. God, God bless. bless. Thank you for listening. This has been Scripture Unleashed.